We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. All right, guys. Joining me now is my guy, Kevin Jones, baby. Kevin Jones is the founder and CEO of Blue Wire. Blue Wire is a sports podcasting startup. He's a host of a 49ers analysis pod. He must be on cloud nine right now, probably feeling a little crazy in the male region. Kev, how are you feeling about the Niners, man? And welcome to the show. Oh, man, Nick, thanks for having me. Pumped to be on Veterans Minimum. But yeah, I, I podcast about the 49ers the last four years. They were 2 and 14 under Chip Kelly. The first two years under Kyle Shanahan were a disaster. Um, just in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo's knee injury and just not winning football games. So it feels like they've ascended really quickly. It feels like they're the surprise team. Everything's going the right way. Fans are super engaged in the content, so we love that. But, yeah, I mean, as someone who has followed this team closely for many years, it feels a little surreal, I'm not going to lie. They look like the best team in the NFC right now. They look like they really can make the Super Bowl. So are you are you originally a Niners fan? Like, are you from there? I originally am a Redskins fan from D.C. I covered the Niners 2015-16 um, as a reporter. I left the reporting industry to go work at Facebook. And I thought to myself, why, uh, you know, fans already love what I have to say. I should probably just do a podcast and tweet instead of doing it 
know, daily, which would be an article and radio, why don't I podcast and tweet? So yeah, I kind of made the transition of you can still be a commentator in sports for a local team and not be there daily. I kind of earned enough credibility. I definitely start to root for the team a little bit now that the lines have been blurred a little bit. Um, and like, I don't have journalistic integrity right now. I think podcasting, you develop a relationship with the fans, the fans who listen to me love the 49ers. I feel the same connection. I watch a team every week. I spend hours of my time consuming their stuff. So yeah, I grew up a Redskins fan. Unfortunately, we don't have to waste time talking about them, but yeah, my content is all about the 49ers. And it's funny that you mentioned the Redskins because I'm, I'm a big Giants fan. And through the years, I feel like me, you know, I've been doing the podcast now for four years. August was uh, the four-year anniversary. And, Kev, I feel like as the years have gone by and, look, the Giants have, you know, since 2017, they, they've lost more games than the Browns have. And that's an 0-16 season in that, too. So I think my fandom has kind of leveled out a little bit. Like, look. My week still is dictated on whether or not they win or lose. But at yeah. some point when year in, year out, you're one in six, it's like, all right, uh, what's, what's Chase Young going to look like in blue next year? You know what I'm saying? That's what I've been going through the last few years. That's why this is so surprising that Jimmy Garoppolo, his first season as 49ers quarterback, is beating the Saints on the road, is beating Aaron Rodgers by four touchdowns at home. Now, obviously, defense has helped early in the season, but... I thought that this New Orleans game this past week was really Jimmy Garoppolo's statement game that he really can't be questioned. He's in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. He can win games for the 49ers when called upon. It was his number in the biggest moment. 49ers lose that game. They're probably a wild card. They probably don't get out of the second round of the playoffs. Now they're probably going to be the first round by. We'll have to see. They have to beat Seattle. Um, you know, Everything's going to come down to a week 17 showdown, but this is a iconic 49er season. Jimmy Garoppolo has been the star of it. Man, Jimmy G, I feel like he's been such a polarizing quarterback the last couple of years, right? He was the heir apparent to Brady, and then there was the fallout in New England about Kraft wanting to side with Brady and rumors of Brady wanting Jimmy G out and Belichick wanting to keep him. What Was it this game that kind of locked you into Jimmy G being the guy for the Niners, or has it been... This was just the icing on the cake. I've always believed in him, to be honest. I think he has more talent than Matt Ryan, and we've seen what Kyle Shanahan did with Matt Ryan. So to me, it's you just have to prove it, and he's proven it in spurts against certain teams. But like the Browns were supposed to be good this year, and the 49ers killed them earlier in the year. The Panthers were really good at the beginning of the year. It turns out they're not that good. So Jimmy G was beating the opponents in front of him, now, the 49ers rely a lot on the run game. They did not against New Orleans, at least not as much as they had in the past. It was really quick hitting Jimmy to start the game. He also had a huge 70-yard uh, touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. I think with him, he was able to come down from two touchdowns early to get the momentum back. And then, listen, George Kittle made the play of the game, but with 53 seconds left to kind of still move the football down the field. Um, yeah, this guy, I think, has what it takes if the 49ers are at home throughout the playoffs, if they get the number one seed, I think they can beat the Packers. I think they can beat the Saints. I'm not sure about the Seahawks. So if they get the right draw, you could be seeing San Francisco headed to Miami for the Super Bowl. Yo, you bring up a good point how they, 
they just destroy teams too. Like you talk about that Panther, that Panther week was always, uh, I had given it as one of my favorite picks of the year. I took the, the Panthers plus six and the game was over after the first quarter. You know, there, there's a, a saying in sports betting where they say good teams win and great teams cover. The Niners are eight and four against the spread this year. And like you said, they're just like, you know, they beat up on Rodgers. They, they, they won a shootout in New Orleans, which is a very, very tough place to play and something tough to do. And, you know, I want to pivot over a little bit to George Kittle, man, because I, I've always been a George Kittle fan because he's also like a huge wrestling fan and I'm a big WWE guy. Is he the most important non-quarterback to an offense in football? Because I think he is for what he does for the Niners. Even more than that, man, I've started calling him Draymond for the 49ers in a sense that he is actually their true leader. Even though he's a goofball, rah-rah guy, he's the one lifting the hardest. He's the one practicing the hardest. He's the one who loves football more than anyone. I think it's the same for the Warriors, too. Like, Draymond got in there. and you know, Jimmy G's not a leader. He's similar to Steph Curry. He, he is a leader, of course, but, like, he's not going to be the one truly speaking up he'd rather have someone else do it and so i think george kittle from an on the field perspective i agree with you he's the the best weapon right now in the nfl from what he can do yards at the after the catch where he can line him up how good of a run blocker he is but for the 49ers actually this dude has become everything he's become the leader he's a fifth round pick that came in guess what now they have people like matt Breida. Raheem Mostert, who believe in themselves more as they look at George Kittle. George Kittle lifts weights at the same time every day. He eats food at the same time every day. He he developed a habit and a routine. And John Lynch said, other people follow George Kittle's routine. It's he's he's developed something into the inside the building. So it's more than on the field with him. He's like truly the leader of the team. You have Richard Sherman. You have other voices as well. But I think that's what outsiders don't understand is that George Kittle means so much to this franchise he's gonna get a huge huge contract does it get all the way up to 100 million i don't know but i mean he's he's that valuable he's essentially wide receiver one for this entire office yeah and also you bring up a good point how he leads by example this dude was a fifth round pick out of iowa and like i feel like he's the reason why iowa now is quote unquote (laughs) tight end university and i just think that for what he does for that offense, you know, the the game that he missed and he was up in the booth, you could tell that they just missed him because I was watching the game yesterday with my pops and my pops knows football, but he's like this old school Greek dude. And on that fourth down play, he's like, oh, they're going to go to 85. And then when he catches that pass and he runs up the sideline and then he gets mugged on the face mask, which was a really, really brutal face mask if you if you look at it closely. My pops was just like, if I knew that that was happening, how did the Saints not know? Do, do you find that crazy sometimes, man, when, like, you know where the ball's going and professional teams still can't make a stop? Yeah. It's so chaotic sometimes on the field, but I, I agree with you. I think the Saints, um, the, the problem with them is that their defense isn't really that good. I wasn't scared of them. They, you know, numerically they're great. Their front four is great, but I really feel like you can throw all over them. Emmanuel Sanders proved that. Um, Debo Samuel was running loose. Uh, the 49ers were able – they've not had this type of offensive performance. They crushed Carolina, but like like I said and you said, Carolina kind of quit. Um, I, I felt like 
New Orleans, their defense was almost helpless. I felt like the 49ers defense really did turn it around in the second half, besides that last drive from Drew Brees. Um, you know, remember, this game was 21 7. So the 49ers went on, what, a 41 something run, 41 to like 25 run. So actually, not that big of a run, but you know, they took advantage of. You know, midway through the second quarter and controlled the rest of the game. But like the Saints defense, uh, like I said, was helpless a little bit. So Shanahan comes over a couple of years ago and, you know, people were, I, f- I feel like this was a prove it year for him also because the excuses were kind of ran its course, right? Like year one, he didn't have a quarterback and then Garoppolo comes in and they rattle off those five straight wins, which my, my buddy Impy and I on our sports betting show, we kind of just were, money lining the Niners were like yo they're gonna run the table and whatnot and then the next year what was it week two I think he tore his ACL yep yeah so week three three against the Chiefs yeah yeah so in September he tears his ACL so you're like all right you know what the Shanahan you can't you can't fault him he lost his quarterback they they broke the bank on him and whatnot and then this year was a really big prove it year for this team and this organization because also John Lynch has been pulling the strings as well how do you feel their drafts have gone because uh, i find it hard to complain about anything that they've done well i mean so the first year solomon thomas in 2017 was the number three overall pick he's been a miss for sure Mm -hmm. um and then reuben foster was also that draft so they actually were under a lot of fire to be honest their first draft class was outside of kittle pretty much nothing cj bethard joe williams running back they ended up cutting um, they got Matt Breida as an undrafted free agent, but 2017 was almost a wash. 2018, they got Mike McGlinchey in here, a right tackle. He's been pretty damn good. Dante Pettis, the second-round receiver, has been a bust. Fred Warner looks like a superstar, third-rounder. So, I mean, they have their hits. They have their misses. Their hits have been amazing. They're actually better, it looks like, at drafting in the third, fourth, fifth round than they are first. They're, like, missing a talent, talent evaluations there. Kyle is he's definitely a draft evaluator but he understands players in the league a lot better than college he'll even like tell you this like he's not sure he's he's guessing a lot of times on the prospects like most guys are so um yeah john lynch was on the hot seat heading into the season if they went four and twelve they were gonna have to make a change whether it was the coordinator or gm or bring in an extra person and so those conversations are over now it's kyle's probably gonna win coach of the year jimmy garoppolo might win comeback player of the year after his acl Nick Bosa could win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And then you're talking Pro Bowls for Warner, Kittle, probably DeForest Buckner, maybe even Richard Sherman. You're probably going to have five to six Pro Bowlers overall. So, I mean, this team, every year you have a surprise team in every league. They were clearly it this year. Yeah, I actually picked them in the beginning of the year to win the division. And uh, my buddies that I did the show with, they were like, yo, you're crazy. You're too early on them. But... I just I just liked everything coming together, and I, I'm with you on what you said earlier about Jimmy G. How I kind of bought my stock on him early on, you know, for for Belichick and all that stuff to come out of New England. I, I felt like that was very telling that they didn't want him to go, and it's it's been proven right so far. You know, a guy that I feel like you didn't mention, man. What about Debo? Are you a Debo guy or what? Yeah, I am. I wanted him pre-draft. I think he moves out the football tremendously. He had a huge reverse that really opened up things um, at the end of the game there in the fourth quarter before it went to, oh yeah, on the last drive. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a Debo fan. Dante Pettis came in here. 
and did this last year, was a big playmaker, and then kind of disappeared year two. So I think with receivers, especially second, third, fourth rounders, they've got to do it for a couple of years in a row before I fully say that he's the man. He still doesn't feel like the wide receiver one, like how Kittle is for this offense. Still feels like he's kind of more your 60-catch-a-year guy, maybe a 1,000 yards, which is a very productive player. But I, I'm not ready to call him superstar yet. However, they're trusting him in key moments, and he's definitely stepped up the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's the thing with me, too, when I'm watching them, how he he doesn't, you know, blind resume kind of thing, just the eye test. I wouldn't be able to tell that he's a rookie. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. Kyle likes to throw people in the water. Can they sink or swim? And he's definitely swimming right now. Uh, the the trade for Emmanuel Sanders, that's definitely helped them. Do you think that was something that was uh, out of desperation, that they, didn't, they weren't ready to crown Debo Samuel, or was it just they needed that that extra oomph on offense yeah it was desperation to be honest receiver had been probably the worst position on the team they've had like dropped catches that turned into interceptions the whole nine so it was desperation emmanuel sanders is also a free agent after the year so they let him go they'll get a comp pick back but i believe they gave a third and a fourth for him they also don't have a second round pick next year for the d4 trade so they're gonna be very light in draft picks they're gonna have a first and then a fifth rounder and they could trade some people and get some extra picks but yeah sanders to me doesn't look like he's 32 when you say this with debo he doesn't look like a rookie sanders still looks like he has some mileage left as he proved yesterday he also threw a touchdown pass he's very versatile you can do a lot of different things with him um i'm a fan of him I think they still might draft receiver in the first round. They they probably need some more help at corner. They've had some revelations there this year with some undrafted guys, Emmanuel Mosley. But um, I still think receiver could be in a better position. O-line could be in a better position. But, again, they don't have to worry about the draft this year because, A, they don't have a lot of picks, and, B, they might be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. And, and it seems like at the moment right now they, they got a – they still have that head-to-head with the Seahawks later on in the year where they got to go to the 12th man. Of all the teams in the NFC, which one would put fear in your heart if they had to go through Levi? Or do you just don't give a damn who it's going to be? Uh, Seahawks. Mm. They have never been able to beat them historically. Russell Wilson, I think the scrambling quarterbacks give them more fits. They destroyed Rodgers. They beat Drew Brees. I think they can beat pocket passers easier. Russell just... If you, if you leave him a window open, he will make the play. He will win the game. Now, they, they shit the bed last night against um, the Rams, but still don't want to play them in the playoffs, especially on the road. However, if it's at Levi's, you know, I'm confident in pretty much anyone, but, you know, I, I think they'd struggle the most to beat the Seahawks. Like, they could crush the Packers again. Saints, I think, it would be a good game, but – at the end of the day, it is the playoffs, man. And a lot of these teams are a lot more experienced than the 49ers. They're going to have a lot of rookies for the first time ever in the playoffs. The, you know, muscles get tense and tighter. Mm. You, you can't measure that through analytics. So it's it, it, it will be tough. If they're on the road, they somehow screw this up and have to go to Seattle, it's going to be a super tough feat to, to win there and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that, that was my biggest hesitation to pick them to you know go to the super bowl coming into this year because i i did have vibes of them being those those ram teams in like 2016 2017 where they you know they snuck up on everyone year one of mcveigh 
and they win their division and then they lost to the Falcons at home. And you're right. Like you talk about the young guys that that one punt returner and returner for the Rams. He had two fumbles and ultimately it cost them the game and a lot of a lot of bad drops by the receivers. But I think with this team, you know, Shanahan, he has Super Bowl experience. Garoppolo's been with an organization that I mean, shit, they're in the Super Bowl pretty much every year, the, the Patriots. And, like, Sherman's been there, too. So they have these guys with the experience where I think it was completely different with those Rams teams earlier on uh, just a couple of years ago. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Um, I think the, the turnaround is, is surprising. Look at the Rams, though. Like you just said, Super Bowl hangover this year. They've kind of fallen out of favor. It's going to be tough for them to make the wild card. They're going to need a lot of things to happen their way. Um, windows aren't open forever, man. And Jimmy G could get hurt next year. Same with Richard Sherman or Kittle. Like the 49ers, if they're healthy, they have to pounce now. If they somehow lost in the first round of the playoffs, it would be a huge disappointment. If they somehow were the wild card and lost to Dallas. It, even if they lose at home, I think, to the Saints or the Packers in the first round, it's going to be a huge disappointment. So there's the level of expectations has certainly increased. And like you said, your friends are like, oh, they're not ready. This is too early. This is what happens when you exceed expectations. Now the expectation meter gets put a little bit ahead of you, and you have to live up to them. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be if you're if you're a realist and truly understand this franchise made a huge step in the right direction. But I, I think fans would be pretty bummed if they don't make the NFC Championship game. Yeah, especially with some of the wins that they have this year too. And you know, I was I was super impressed with them last week when they lost to the Ravens. I thought that was. I got a lot more out of the Niners than I did out of Baltimore. And, and some of my friends call me crazy for that. But, you know, I, I thought having to come back. And, and that's another thing, too. I just realized they went back-to-back East Coast trips. Oh, yeah. I mean, their schedule the last five weeks was Packers, was uh, Ravens, it was Seahawks way before that, and Saints, they've basically been in the playoffs the last five weeks, which could help them. A lot of people played these games early in September. The 49ers are feeling like very battle-tested and relatively healthy with three weeks left in the season. They're obviously going to have a huge game against Seattle, but the next two are against Atlanta at home and the Rams at home. So the schedule eases up a little bit. They're coming off a lot of tough games. They can't have any letdowns, which is possible, but it feels like the schedule is, is setting up for them now that they've been through the gauntlet. Man, I feel like the Bay Area has had some good run of sport i wouldn't say sports luck but sports coverage right you had the even even like in 2011 2013 the the kaepernick niners and the hardball niners and then before you know it you know you have that little down period but then you have the warriors just come out of nowhere what's what's the scene like in the bay area nowadays for sports oh yeah no one's happy unless it's a championship so you had the san francisco giants win 2010 2012 2014 you had the warriors win 2015 2017 2018 yeah the the niners are either one of the best in the league or one of the worst they really have never been in between the last 15 years like they're usually not eight and eight they're either three and 13 or 13 and three so it's a really strange paradox with them um i'd say yeah people expect championships here i'm not from here but like I won't call it an elitist attitude, but, you know, Apple is out here, Google is out here, mm-hmm. face, like, people expect to be the best at everything of what they do, um, and that includes, like, their sports fandom and their teams, and so 
A, it's fun to like have championship expectations, but B, there's probably a lot of disappointment a lot of the times because they are they are falling short. Um, you know, the Niners particularly, but yeah, I mean, the Bay Area and Boston are the class of the last twenty years in terms of winning championships. Obviously, you've had some in New York as well too, with the Giants and Yankees, but feels like the Bay and Boston are on another level. Man, my self-esteem as a sports fan nowadays, Kev, is at an all-time low, bro. Like, the Giants are playing on Monday Night Football tonight prior to us recording. And I'm like, why? Why, why do the Giants have primetime games? It's just an embarrassment. The entire organization sucks. The Knicks fire Fizdale. They've had the most head coaches since Dolan bought the team in 2000. And they've had the most starting five combinations. And it's just a mess. And it's like... Sure, it's the Mecca and it's New York City and all the bright lights. But, like, nowadays, you don't even need that, man. Social media has really changed the game where guys could go to Oklahoma City. They could go to San Antonio or Cleveland and be the number one jersey seller in the league, you know. So, it just sucks. New York self-esteem is is at an all-time low right now. Oh, man. Yeah, it's tough. Like I told you, I'm from D.C., so... Redskins, Wizards, I'm used to that. But we did have the Caps and the Nats kind of get us championships too. So hang in there, man. It's coming back <laughs> around. It's cyclical. You're going to you're gonna catch a break with someone here. I think the Giants should chop everyone's head off, um, really start over from scratch with new coach, new GM. Oh, yeah, that, that's for sure. I'm, I'm dying for them to get Ron Rivera. You mentioned, you mentioned the Capitals and the Nationals, right? Like, did that was is that something you still follow, though? Like, I, I feel if, if I was to move to, like, Cincinnati or, 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 like, Miami or some shit, like, I'd still root for my New York teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely do. You end up reading a lot more and, like, following highlights and watching every single game. It just becomes too much of a challenge. So, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm a bigger baseball guy than hockey, so Nats is, it, like, them winning, especially because it was unexpected. They kind of went on this crazy run. Like, that was... Um, exciting for me but yeah I, you lose touch a little bit of course but i you know i still have a subscription to the post washington post so i'm you know always on there daily see what everyone's saying about the teams and uh, you know group chat with my buddies but um yeah the, the grass is greener in san francisco man than, than than dc if you're trying to run a company or meet investors so you know blue wire out here puts us in a good position to be here of all the teams you root for or cover which which team would you want to see win a championship next i mean niners for sure because mm. i'm just so close to the to the fan base um so it'd be them i don't think the redskins deserve anything so until they like get, get their act together i literally broke up with the team like when they have bad things happen i i laugh or i'm like i'm so disengaged that it's actually crazy like they the product is literally eroded it's like they're a shell of themselves so if they if they got it right like i would root for my friends who are still fans of the team but like they're a complete punchline so yeah I'm an NFL guy first and foremost, so it'd be Niners and then Redskins if I if, if a genie could grant my wishes. One last football question, and then we'll get to a little bit about Blue Wire because we've mentioned them in passing, but I want more people to understand exactly what Blue Wire is, what they offer, and whatnot. What team in the AFC would you most want to avoid in the Super Bowl? 
Oh man, it's tough. I went back and forth on my pod today with this. I think I think it's Baltimore because I again I think the running quarterbacks give the 49ers more problem than pocket passing. However, look at what Belichick did to Sean McVay last Super Bowl. Also, Kyle, the twenty-eight to three lead. Remember, he was the one that blew that lead against right. Bill Belichick in the past. Uh, it would be a coin flip situation. I think I'd prefer to play New England. They just don't feel like the talent is fully there this year. It feels like the 49ers have a more talented roster. Um, Baltimore, they're, I almost want to say they're unbeatable if Lamar is playing at his best because they, they can, they're good enough defensively and they can play keep away on offense and just kill the clock once they have the lead. So, no, you wouldn't be afraid of the Chiefs? You'd be buying those shirts already? I think they could beat the Chiefs pretty handily. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I think the Chiefs are on the same level as the, as the Saints or the Packers, like pretty damn good. I'm a huge Mahomes fan. Um, I think – I don't know how great their O-line is. I don't, I don't. I haven't studied their O-line as much this year, so I'm, I'm in the dark a little there. But I know that the 49ers' D-line could probably give Mahomes more problems than Lamar. I'm, I'm not super scared of the Chiefs. Great win yesterday, though, and like to do – yeah, to do what they did is pretty impressive on the road. But yeah, so I, in order, who I'd want to play is Chiefs, Patriots, and then Ravens. Yeah, I was just looking at their because because I, I I uh kind of a piece of shit over here, Kev. I made a financial investment on the Chiefs and the sports betting markets uh, to start the year, and their odds jumped out to me as I was looking at. You know, I always look every Monday or Tuesday. I look at the betting lines and betting odds and futures and whatnot, and you know they were twelve to one going into that game yesterday, and this was a team who was was them and the Patriots were the favorites, and that kind of just jumped out to me. Right now, it's the Ravens are the favorite to win the Super Bowl, then it's your San Francisco 49ers slightly behind them. So, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I feel like I, I guess this is these are the times now where we live in the moment. Like Mahomes was doing what Lamar Jackson is doing, you know, just. 12 months ago you know and i feel like a lot of people have forgotten what how great mahomes was yeah it's i'm curious i'm putting this poll on twitter right now as we're talking i want to see what 49ers fans think but um at the end of the day um it's going to be a tough matchup probably against any of them i, I think if the ravens run the table and are undefeated like they're just going to be very insurmountable in my opinion all right, so Kev, tell the people a little bit about Blue Wire, man. What is what is Blue Wire? Yeah, man. So I kind of alluded a little to it at the beginning, but I used to cover the 49ers. I covered the Cleveland Browns and Redskins when it first got started. I basically think that radio may not exist in its current format five, ten years from now. Podcasting obviously is. The younger consumers prefer it. The problem is that it's so fragmented. There's lots of sports content everywhere. Everyone's either on their own line, you know, island or they work for ESPN or The Ringer. There should be another team that's more inclusive, that finds existing content, that helps launch it from scratch with people like Taj Boyd from Clemson, who's on Blue Wire, Taylor Bashadi from the NFL Network. There's a lot of underappreciated, really good talent out there. and We're putting them on the same team. So, yeah, think of us like an expansion team, like the Houston Texans in 02. We think that we're going to become a big media outlet. Um, influencer talk shows is how we're getting started. We're going to do some big serialized content next year, tell stories about Ken Griffey Jr., the Portland Jail Blazers. Um, yeah, we're going to become a, a sports audio network, man. 
we, we have some cool partnerships with Whistle Sports and 70 podcasts already on the network. So if you want to search for good content, search Blue Wire and Apple. Spotify is actually where all of our content pops up. Apple kind of limits it to like 30 podcasts, I want to say, when you search Blue Wire. So if you have Spotify, search us there. All of our pods will come up. A lot of regional pods. We have a Yankees pod, Bronx Pinstripes, Laker Film Room, Miami Heat beat, but we have like a Premier League one, we have Gambling one, now we have uh, Veterans Minimum, who's, who's going to talk about everything. So yeah, man, it's exciting. We have some investors on board, actually um, excited to reveal. We have an NFL player who became one of our investors. He's a pro bowler on defense. We're going to reveal that when the time's right, man, but I think a lot of people are bought into the vision, man, so it's, it's excited to join forces with you. Yeah, and I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate, you know, we've we've spoke a little bit behind the scenes, but to everyone listening, uh, VM is now going to be a part of the Blue Wire Pods Network. And, you know, it, it meant a lot to me because I, I put a lot of time and effort into this. And, you know, I rarely sleep. Uh, if, if you follow me on social media, you'll see I'm up uh, literally all hours of the day. So it, it's nice. It's very humbling. And it's it's also very satisfying that this stuff is working you know is it moving as fast as i wish it might have been moving probably not but also i think you know this is the foundation this is the groundwork that needs to be laid in order to you know get to where i want to get to one day and man you you couldn't have been nicer blue wire couldn't have been nicer Uh, shout out to my guy greg who i had him on the phone till like 1 a.m helping me set up everything (laughs) Uh, definitely got to get his information more so I can send him a, a merch bundle and whatnot. But yeah, Kev, uh, if I haven't said it enough, I appreciate you reaching out and thinking that the product is good enough to be a part of your, uh, your, your, your baby, your brainchild. It is, man. You're doing amazing stuff. Um, and excited to see where things go. Uh, I love this back and forth and going to continue to be listening to veterans minimum every monday and thursday and whatever you drop other episodes too yes sir now kev tell the people where they can find you on social media plug away i know you've plugged a bunch of things but now is the time to plug it one more time for the loyal listeners yeah um twitter is mr underscore kevin jones when you have a popular name like that you kind of have to throw some stuff in the handle so <laughs> should come up right away even if you type in kevin jones one of the first two and then you know follow me there for 49ers takes and then again, just search Blue Wire wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, we have a lot of other shows similar to Nick and myself that are smart, sarcastic, young sports commentators. I think we're going to be next. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Kev. You're the man, and we'll be in touch. All right, guys. Later.